Hey everybody, welcome to the Fae Forge Academy. I am normally your GM, Steven, uh, but we got something special for you today. Uh, Ian ran a little one-shot, a little Halloween mysterious haunted little one-shot for y'all. Um, featuring Ian as the DM, Chris and Michael as players, and special guest Leah, um, also known as Greenleaf Geek. We'll get this today, and uh, part two will be released next week. So I hope you enjoy as we have a little mystery in the city of Riverheart. So I figure since we've got Leah here, uh, we could actually do... Lee, do you want to give a plug for, for Greenleaf? We usually have like a stock advertisement oh, for Greenleaf yeah. that oh we God. use. But since you're here... <laughs> um... uh, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I am Leah and I run, operate, I'm the only person behind Greenleaf Geek. I make handmade dice for TTRPGs. And I also stock uh, curated dice and accessories for TTRPGs. Um, yeah, I ship out of Canada, but I ship worldwide. And I don't know. I think I make pretty cool stuff. Leah's dice are amazing. We can all say confidently um, she made the custom sets for our show. Uh, and if you use Forge at checkout, you get 10% off. Um, it does not apply to custom dice, but the custom dice are worth every penny. So... Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, check out Greenleaf Geek. And her lab is super professional. We yeah, we're looking lab. now at this like science mm -hmm. lab where the dice. There's happen. stuff <laughs> bubbling in beakers. There's you know there's cackling I I and thunderstorms. Yeah, it's very professional. <laughs> the ceilings are very high. There could be bats up there, and I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I uh, can attest. I've got some of Leah's gem cut dice with me here right now, and I also have some for prehedrals as well, which are some of the custom dice, which have little cats in them. They're amazing, and they make great Christmas gifts. Which I don't know why I would even say that. Our other sponsor, <laughs> our other partner is Found Familiar Coffee. They make um, amazing coffee, TTRPG-themed uh, business as well. Aaron and Lindsay are incredible people, support small businesses. You can also use the same code, FayForge, at checkout there to get 10% off of uh, their absolutely incredible blends. Um, Thieves Cant is a longstanding favorite of many people that I know, but there's a lot of good ones, and they roll new stuff out, so check it out. My favorite is Inspiration. Mm. Makes really good cold brew. Ooh, mm. that's a good one. Mm. They also have lots of merch as well. So if you want me drinking your fountain in your coffee, I have a fountain in their coffee cup. Well, you know where to go. Those are our only partners, right? Yeah, that's all. That's, that's it. We're not late for after him. Okay, cool. So. Oh, Patreon. <clears throat> wait. Do our Patreon. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, no, there's three things we talked <laughs> about. Patreon. Um, You should join our Patreon. We have a really mm. fun Patreon-exclusive campaign that's going on right now. Uh, the first episode is public, so you can check it out. But um, there's also a whole Discord. You can hang out with us. It's a really fun community. There's really nice people. And uh, we don't do tiered pricing. It's just, I think, $2 a month gets you access to basically mm -hmm. everything. So, um, you know, join us. Hang out with us. It's a good time. I, it's more fun than my resting bitch voice is belying right now. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how I sound. <laughs> you get access also to a lot of Steven's notes, some behind the scenes stuff, uh, illustrations, some of the maps that he makes. It's really, Avastria is a wide and wonderful world. And if you're, uh, if you are already a Patreon member, you know that what we do what the parts of the Avastria that we explore in the podcast are really a fraction of Steven's multitudinous mind. He has an entire realm 
mapped out that you get to get to peek at when you join the Patreon. Okay, I think that is actually it. All right, Stephen, we did we did the three plugs. So I know you're listening right now. I know that you approve of us, and that means a lot to me. We did our best, Dad. <laughs> Tell us you're proud. <laughs> wow. <laughs> In the town of Riverheart, on the continent of Karen, there is a tavern called the Fireleaf Inn. Set in the calling, the central level of Riverheart, it is a prestigious place. Bustle of trade, entertainment, merchants, and sailors. It is an elegant place, removed from some of the eyesores and troublemakers that might plague other port cities. The tavern is set along a waterfall, and there are fine homes and the beautiful walkways that surround this elegant inn. But it is on the outskirts of this place that there are dark dealings going on. For underneath the calling, there is a place called the Fog. This is where the troublemakers and ne'er-do-wells, the back-breaking labor and the criminal underworld that makes Riverheart tick and hum. The fog is where they call home. And the fog has been having some troubles lately. A string of unsolved murders that has culminated in the brutal killing of a well-known spice trader has finally caught the attention of the movers and shakers in the calling. And so the call has gone out for adventurers brave, true, and who may be more comfortable with dealing with the supernatural than some of the other less stout-hearted of their ilk might be able to handle. Three have answered the call and now make their way into the Fireleaf, where they will meet with their well-moneyed contact. Derek has been here for two hours. He is an Eladrin uh, with long pointed ears um, and darker, uh, like tanned skin, short black curly hair um, that's like really messy and looks like he hasn't dragged a brush through it in a month. Um, And he is wearing like ratty clothing that you would do like housework in, Um, pants that have like the knees that are about to go out, Uh, mismatched socks, threadbare jacket with just a bunch of junk in the pockets. Um, and you can, I would say you can see that there's obviously like an amulet around his neck of some kind, um, that you, 
anybody observant would probably be able to see like the top of a holy symbol there. Um, but otherwise it's dressed pretty um, inconspicuously uh, and is just sitting nursing the same beer for like two hours waiting on everybody to get here. He's so excited. It's been a while for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so uh, my character, uh, you, you'll see his name's uh, Spintos. Uh, he's a gif. Uh, so, you know, the, um, what, what's the animal called? Hip, hippopotamus looking humanoids. Uh, and the, yeah, the gif. Yeah, the, the gif. gif. The gif. Yeah, yeah. I said oh, the gif, perhaps. A gif, gif, not a gif. Okay, got it. Yeah, gif. Because it's always, like, gif, right? Because there's a th, and there's gif with a yeah, f. Right, so yeah. Good thing they're not both found in the Spelljammer universe. That'd be confusing. Yeah, that'd be so <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, so the gif, uh, so yes, the hippopotamus looking creature. Uh, he he is uh, a pretty large fella, um, probably probably like close to it's probably like six 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 yeah something like that, you know average about average for for that weight for the for the gif, uh, but that means sizably big. Um, he has like more of that blurple complexion, so like black purple uh, <laughs> complexion. Um, he is wearing. Uh, I'm just going to use these, this terminology. He is wearing whack-ass magician attire. You know, the ones that, with the little, like, vesty thing that is buttoned up in front with, like, the cape kind of thing. And, oh, my God. Um, and uh, the colors are, like, you know, pretty typical, like, magician-looking things as far as, like, the, the deep red for the, for the vest and the purplish for the, 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 the cloak robe thing. Um, he, he always like carries himself with an air of like confidence, uh, with his, his chin held up a little high. He has like a, a crystal ball that he has, uh, he's holding. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he smells like, uh, you know, uh, tobacco and Irish spring, something like that. The soap. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he is he is at the bar uh, sipping wine out of an actual decanter. Like they just put the wine bottle in the decanter. He a big fella. He drinking it out of the decanter. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so yeah, I think Dodger arrives fashionably late because she can. And uh, as she walks in, you will see a average height, maybe five eight human woman um she's fairly pale um she has sort of graying brown hair that's back in like a very proper bun um she's wearing leather armor but it's um it sort of looks she's kind of trying to disguise the fact that she's wearing armor you know like it it's a sort of almost like a saffron yellow color with some like gold accents um she's wearing quite a bit of jewelry uh she's got a loot strapped to her hip and she kind of walks in like she owns the place um and goes over to the bar and just sort of uh says the usual and is handed a glass of red wine and then just kind of looks around for whoever we might be supposed to be meeting here now, this is the first time that three of your characters are meeting, but you are all seasoned adventurers and professionals, and 
as uh, as good contractors, you quickly recognize one another and size each other up. You know that you're working as a team and that you have to rely on each other's strengths and possibly even make up for each other's weaknesses as you pursue your quarry. You quickly recognize each other for what you are across this crowded tavern. You're adventurers. Everyone else here, they have the mark of sailors or merchants or perhaps the crew of uh, the large uh, wagons that make their way in and out of the city carrying all the goods from the ports. But none have the bearing or the, we'll say, decor as the three of you. Since Derek was the first one here, mad early, being on time is cool. We'll say that probably Derek and Spintos probably met first as uh, we did say Dodger was fashionably late because mm-hmm. she could be. Mm-hmm. I think the second I see Spintos walk in and the gears start turning, I just like suddenly stand up like, are we, are we going? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to uh, like knocking the chair very loudly out of the way. It's super awkward. Everybody turns to look at me um, as I very <laughs> quietly grab my chair and sit back down at the table kind of wave I'll, at him. I'll, I'll wave back, and I know uh, the DMGM said that, you know, uh, we're not carrying wagons like other people, but I'm carrying a wagon because, you know, <laughs> your boy thick. Uh, Wait, so. what? <laughs> he also um, said we are d- we have decorum and we're professionals, so <laughs> I don't think the DMGM is very well. yeah. even though Even though my character is wearing like a, a cape or, a, you know, kind of like a robe type thing, you can still see the shelf. Like, it's the, 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 the cape doesn't help. <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. On Necessarily, cake you got your up. wagon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> you take that you know train like, with you. You know, like you had that auntie who like wears like the flowy robes and stuff, and then oh, like yeah, walk but around. Just, like, a... But you still see the gate behind the. Room. <laughs> like every time they turn, they're like knocking over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, that just anyway. happens to some of us. Okay, we can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I wave over. <laughs> I wave over. What's your character's name again, Chris? Sorry. Uh, Derek. Yeah, I went over to Derek and I, I uh, <clears throat> come on over and I uh, I say, I mean, I, I already got my drink order from the uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the bartender, so my wine is in a decanter and I'm just, I'm, I'm you know, as it is in a decanter, I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, swishing it around um, and I, I uh, <clears throat> I'll say to you um, <clears throat> so, are you are you here too for the um, the work? Uh, yeah. Hey, hi, hey there. Hi there. I'm gonna stick my hand out. Uh, my name's Derek. Nice to meet you. Oh, Spintos. Uh, that's uh, is that a family name or uh, that's very that's uh I, I love it. It's unique. I'm I'm not no not uh I'm just gonna is there's an, um another person coming right? I should stop. Yes, there should be another one of us coming. Uh. Yes, uh, I just came a little early. You, you seem me to be here quite early. Oh no, nah. I just, I just got here. I had plenty of things to do. Like I, I'll, I often have many errands and people to attend to because I have a lot of friends and uh, I do have a, you know, a steady job and a place to live. All, the, all the normal things that everybody has. I have all those things, and I was doing those things earlier. Why are you lying? What adventurous steady job is not what comes with. 
and friends. I'm going to nervously take a sip of my two-hour-old ale. <laughs> anyway, we could be friends if you would like during this adventure. Oh. Or, really? I would... Don't make it weird. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Got it. <laughs> She's going to awkwardly twiddle my fingers a little. <laughs> um, I'll take another sip out of my, my, my wine decanter. Um, I will... Is there like uh, is there any music? Is there like a person just playing some music? Is there any sort of tunes up in this, or is this like a is this a quiet bar? Yeah, are people having fun here, or is this super awkward? Also, what time is it? it this is uh, it is morning, oh. so y'all y'all are drinking before noon. But you know, like I said, adventures is fine. <laughs> the tavern is this is a place. I'll say this is a place of business, right? So there are people here. It's pretty loud, but it's not raucous. And I wouldn't necessarily say that people are having a fun time. Uh, Y'all are drawing some looks, but part of doing business is dealing with things that are outside of the normal everyday line of business. And that means adventurers. So everyone recognizes you for what you are. Uh, To answer your question directly, there is a a musician there. We'll say that there's... uh, I'm adding to Steven's world here, so uh, we'll say, yeah, the Fireleaf has, um, we'll say the Fireleaf has dueling pianos, but only one person's on right now. The other one is, like, that's that's for the evening crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will, You're welcome, I Steven. Will, yep. Um, I'll, I'll have them, I'll, I'll actually give them one gold piece, one whole gold piece, mm. um, and uh, just tell them to play a, a jazzy, a, a jazzy, um, Jazzy tune. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, uh, the, the, the piano player, like, thanks you, uh, cracks his fingers and starts playing, like, a classic Don Jarius tune. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Classic DJ. Mm-hmm. We love it. We love I love it. that guy. We love him. <laughs> Everyone loves Don Jarius. He's the greatest bard in all of Austria. I'll, I'll sit down, look over to uh, Derek, and, ah, oh, one of my favorite tunes of this world. Uh, I I don't know this song. Uh, I don't. Uh, but it's it's nice. I, I, I we didn't get a lot of music in the. It, nope. Um. Uh. Uh. We we uh. Here's I'm a little okay. So here's the uh situation that I'm uh observing right now. Uh, you okay. gave that fella a whole gold piece. Um, yes. Do Do you think that we're gonna get paid um a lot of those? I don't have that many of them do you think we're gonna get paid a lot of them i would love to be able to tip also but uh you know if successful yes i think we are and um i you know sometimes this you don't know what adventures you're gonna get so it's your last adventure so i i had given them one whole gold piece who knows if i will be able to use all of them wow that is just rich that's a little rich for my blood but i admire you fella um Plus, I had I, I had to listen to a Don Jarius tune. He's one of the best. Don Jarius. So mm. that's a name. If I just say it, people will know what it means. Oh yes. Mm. Okay, got it, got it. I'm gonna take a little notebook out of my pocket and write that down. You don't know how long we gotta wait on this other fellow, right? No, I have no idea. Uh, I'm excited. I just need here. I'll be honest with you, uh, Spintos. I'm not. Um, it's been a while since I've worked on a team. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward, uh, to, to working with y'all. Um, just a little, you know, 
I, I hope this this other fellas got got it got it together as well as my, like you. You guys seem real on top of it, and I'm just real eager to learn. Oh, don't you worry. We'll 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 take care of each other. It'll be all right. Perfect. Just as long as it's nope. All right, yeah. I'll say about that time, uh, Dodger. Uh, fashionably late. You've arrived. Yeah, so she's going to take her wine. She's gone over to the bar and got her wine. And then she's going to spot the other two and sort of saunter over and just say, so is this where the, uh, the uh, I guess, the important people are meeting today? Uh, Derek looks up at her and freezes completely, not expecting uh, a pretty girl. <laughs> and he's going to just... <laughs> Freeze. Um, uh, what? There's. We're waiting on uh, someone uh, for a for a. Uh, and he's gonna lean in for a secret kind of a, a, a spooky mission. I don't want to say too much, but I, are you? Uh, you're. Are you come? Are you join? Are you gonna sit? Uh, wait. Are you coming? Yeah. It's a yes, darling. That's that's me. You're waiting for me. I'm Dodger, by the way, and she's gonna hold out her hand. I'm Derek. Just awkwardly uh, him. <laughs> how many how many A's in that, Derek? De- no, no. <laughs> oh, you're smart. You're funny. Um, uh, no, uh, there's no. Uh, my name is. It's not spelled. There's no A. Uh, it's not that special. Oh. I just actually. I just. Uh, it's D E R E K. Uh, real simple. Okay. Well, very nice to meet you. Uh, this is- and uh, you are. Uh, Spintos, I, I'm gonna say because Michael had to get up. Spintos like goes to get another craft of wine. That's uh, Spintos. He's uh, he's gonna be with. He's real, he's real rich uh, and real smart. Um, so I think we're gonna be in good shape. Great, great. Oh, and then Spintos comes right back from the bar. <laughs> Spintos, nice to meet you. I'm Dodger. Dodger, She'll hold out her hand I'm... for a shake. Oh, nice meeting you. Sorry, I had to um, step away there for a moment. Um. Hey, listen, we all need a refill from time to time. Yes, uh, I got quite thirsty on my travels here, and I've never given my fill. As you can tell, I'm large, and and, and most people have not ever seen people like me. So. Well, cheers to that, and I'll hold up my wine glass to cheers with your decanter. <laughs> I will cheers you with the decanter. I'm just going to watch this gleefully and then remember I'm supposed to also cheers and like <laughs> grab at my mug and uh, stand forward. Well done. Well done. Well, I see you've all met one another. Behind you, you see a very tall dwarf. Five foot two. He Damn. is a he is a giant amongst dwarves. <laughs> that thing be thangin, probably. Oh, and he has the drip, let me tell you. His chains have chains. This guy looks like he's got at least 20, maybe 30 pounds of gold on him, and he's not stooping a little bit. Not even breaking mm. a sweat. So he's like a dwarf rapper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he comes up to each of you, gives you a hearty handshake, and uh, you know what? Just just rolling with the vibe here gives Derek like a hearty slap on the back. <coughs> Oh, oh, God. Oh, I'm, nope, that's normal. I like that. That was good for me, too. Yeah. Hi. I'm there. Welcome, welcome. Trust this isn't your first time here at the Fireleaf. I think I recognize you. And points to, pointing to Spintos. Oh, yes. Uh, 
love your bar as always. Thank you for serving me in my, the appropriate vessel, which is... <laughs> my bar? <laughs> Why does everyone always say that? No, I don't own this place. I'm just a simple, simple patron, much like yourself. But, but please, let, let, let's get a more private table. Oh, uh, oh, excellent. You've joined us as well. Siles over to you, Dodger. I'm so glad that you took time from your busy schedule to attend. Now, this will be excellent. I think you'll be a great addition to the team. And he snaps his fingers, and there is just a bustle of movement. Um, Porters who were just, seem like they're waiting for this moment. They've got drinks in hand. There are chairs being brought out. A table is put forward. And portable, like, think um, rods with curtains on them that can be hiked up to about six feet tall just sort of appear in the middle of the floor around you. And I, a private room is built right where you are standing. As the as the bejeweled dwarf sits, a chair is put underneath him that uh, groans under his weight, but holds. Holy shit. That's amazing. Please, please sit. Thank you. No. I trust that you're here regarding to the troubles you've been having down in the fog. Some beast, apparently, has been making its way through the fog and doing all kinds of terror and mischief. Uh, and my, apparently, I've just learned that my dear, good friend, Eldar Silvervane, has recently been a victim of these gruesome, gruesome murders. Now, I know that you are as concerned as I am, and this beast must be stopped. He produces from his belt a pouch. The pouch hits the table with an audible jingle of coin. Gold coins spill from the pouch. Consider this a forward payment on a job well done. I want this beast found and killed. And I want its head. Well, I don't think that should be a problem. You just carry all that around with you. <laughs> <laughs> this? Oh, well, the fire leaf is a very safe place. I have no troubles or worries when I'm here, especially among such good friends as you. Derek, Derek, you can pick your job off the table. It's okay. I, it's just so normal. much money. I don't, I don't understand where y'all are getting all this money. I, I thought, but, but uh, yes, uh, are we, we're gonna split. Should we split this now, so we we just all have our own money in our pockets? If you'd prefer. Sure, darling. You you go ahead and do that. I'm gonna immediately start counting all the money and splitting it equally three ways. But I'm doing it the annoying way where I'm counting them one by one. And like, mm. first I do the pennies, then I do the nickels kind of a thing. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, Balric, Balric very much uh, frowns when he sees you like counting the money out. And he goes, oh, if you must. Uh, there are no copper pieces in this pouch. Oh. And there are no silver pieces. Just 150 gold coins stamped with the symbol of the Rythen, which is the symbol of the five families here in uh, Riverheart. Uh, they, are, they are freshly minted coins. Uh, no shavings on them whatsoever. These coins... Uh, uh, well, let's see here. Derek, you're... Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to make any assumptions here about your character, Chris, but it doesn't sound like Derek's particularly worldly. Am I, am I getting that vibe? Mm -hmm. uh, Derek has a little bit of a, <clears throat> a storied past. Uh, but yeah, Derek mm. was very, very sheltered for a long time and got thrust out into the world very unceremoniously. Mm. So he doesn't really know a lot of what's going on. 
And for for Dodger and Spintos, uh, I'm getting more of like, well, Spintos has clearly seen uh, much of this world and perhaps others, question mark? Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, he's other, I would say he's otherworldly. Worldly and otherworldly. Wow. Yeah. And in between these two extremes, we have Dodger, who has uh, some bearing and standing of the way maybe things work in different levels of society. Yeah, Dodger comes from a a family of merchants and and, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, like artisans, basically like alchemical artisans. And uh, so she's done some traveling. She's done some like, you know, uh, business dealings, that type of Mm -hmm. thing. She's been around a few few times, yeah. So Dodger, you would recognize these coins as being, uh, these coins as being uh, trade currency. Like this is not currency that has been in and out of a cashier. This is not, these are not coins that have been passed from hand to hand. These coins are fresh. They are cut. uh, They have likely gone straight from the mint into Balric's pouch and now to this table. So we want this guy on our good. We want to be on this guy's good side. This guy's a good person to have in our in our little black Rolodex thing. People still have those? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yep. Yep. Balaric slides a parchment across the table. It has an address on it to a shop in the fog called Silver Vein Aromatics. It's rather deep in the fog. It's not right near the outskirts where the fog and the calling meet, which means it's fairly deep into what some would call the undercity of Riverheart. No. Apparently this beast has been causing quite some trouble over the last ten day. And I want to make sure that it stops. The sooner, the better. The head is all that I ask for. Final payments will be delivered upon the return of this head to me. I shall be here from normal business hours. Uh, I shan't be hard to find. Any questions? Are there any witnesses we should talk to? Well, I understand that Eldar had an apprentice. Uh, not sure if he's alive or not, but you can try finding him there at his shop. As for other witnesses, well, the fog is a busy place. So I've heard. <clears throat> Never been there myself. But <clears throat> you should be able to find some witnesses, I suppose. All right. Well, I, I know where the shop is. We can we can head out. Oh, that's that's handy. Yeah. Yeah, lead the way. Okay, we'll head out toward the shop. All right. So the as you leave the Fireleaf Tavern, uh, you come, you know, walk through the calling, and again, the calling is beautiful. I mean, uh, just to give like a sense of the wealth that comes in and out of the Port City River Heart, the cobblestones of the streets here are engraved. It's fancy, and if I'm reading Stephen's notes correctly, they are engraved with a gold filigree. Wow. Like this is like Disney on crack. Damn! Wait, it, above it, table is this where we are right now in our main story? This is where we just landed. I believe so. Yeah. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Okay, got it. So it is. It is the wealth of the wealth. Back and there isn't really like you know how like maybe one could imagine that there might be a slow descent into what might you know the sort of the undercity. It's not. It's rather abrupt. There is a checkpoint. <laughs> There are guards there, dwarven, full male. Uh, They nod as you go in. But you see on the other side of the checkpoint, there is a line. A line of petitioners. Papers in hand, 
squirming, sweating, as the guards look them over very carefully before they're allowed to enter back into the calling. Hmm. Do we know what that's about? Mm. I mean, Derek certainly doesn't, because that's kind of like Derek's MO. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Got him. That's uh, fair. Can I roll history to see if I know yeah, that's what's a, going on there? Ooh, excellent start. Roll. Excellent start. Ooh. I love it. Oh, my goodness. It's a one. That's It's great. a one. Uh, I mean, it's plus three, so it's a four. It's but, a four. You know, excellent. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Dodger, uh, you don't know exactly what this is about, but it's definitely making you uncomfortable. And although... Balaric is, as you said, a nice, uh, <clears throat> maybe even a great uh, contact to have in your little black Rolodex. You start to kind of connect that Balaric represents a wealth, a an, an affluence that exists in the calling, and it exists for a reason. And part of that reason might be this line of petitioners that are being kept out. And you start to wonder, maybe a doubt creeps into your mind as to how well you can trust this new uh, this new patron of yours. Well, this isn't a great start, is it? That's uh, a little dubious. Wait, what, guess, what's uh, happening? What are we doing? What's, what's wrong? Oh, just the people lined up to get out of this area. It's just, you know, a little, little unseemly. It's not... Uh, should they really be disallowing people from going into another part of the city? It seems wrong to me. Oh yeah, yes. I mean, it. I kind of, I kind of get it. I guess. I mean, it's real, real fancy. I guess you want to keep, keep it fancy. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you have to, you have to sometimes control some of the riffraff. I guess. How am I the one on the right side of this? <laughs> I, I, I'm the riffraff, so I, I don't I don't disagree with him. Sometimes we gotta be held at bay. I understand it. We're real messy. Oh. Darling, sometimes the riffraff are the best people you'll meet. Give yourself a little credit. That's also true. There's a real pep in Derek's step for a second <laughs> after that. But I will say also, oh. you notice that as we move out of the ritzy part of the city and into the fog, that Derek loses a little bit of that nervousness and some of that kind of like anxious presentation. It seems a lot more comfortable in the mm. spooky, dark, gross part of the city as opposed <laughs> to what's beautiful and nice. <laughs> and it is pretty, you know, it's pretty spooky. I mean, this is a dwarven city, which means the Undercity is not a metaphor. It is, you are going underneath the waterfalls, underneath the stone outcroppings that the city is built on. It is dark here. You look up, you see stone often rough and uncut. The structures here, the stone ones are mildewy and the wooden ones are creaking. Uh, there is a stench that every once in a while wafts through your nostrils of you know, oil runoff and the sort of like, Avastria uh, is, you know, there's there's a lot of industry in Avastria, so your characters would know like what likes sort of like the stale gunpowder would smell like or like old, old oil runoff. So there is there is a smell to the place. It's not a pleasant one. Of the three of you, which of you would you say has supernatural proclivities? It me. I do magic. <laughs> All right. Um, let's say supernatural proclivities that have to deal with the afterlife. It also me. All right. 
Well, it's between. What do you got, Chris? Uh, Derek. <laughs> yeah, give uh, me the flavor. Give us the flavor here. Yes. So, actually, I wonder if Dodger knows. Um, it's not impossible with like a high enough history check, or I'm not obviously, but uh, there was a little bit of a scandal in one of the churches not too long ago, maybe a year or two, um, in which um. A member was excommunicated for being a bit of a radical. Um, and Derek, I think, as we're moving into the fog, is starting to pull um, these bizarre looking rinky dink handmade gadgets out of some of his pockets um, that that do seem to be active, although um, how accurate or what they are even capable of is uh, remains to be seen. Derek is a full-fledged ghost hunter um, <laughs> who got kicked out of the church. Amazing. <laughs> for being, for basically trying to, uh, you know, not not uh, honoring the holy balance of life and death, and more like we should have more ghosts all the time, and we should be talking to them. Maybe we all could become ghosts. Maybe they're doing it right. Maybe we're doing it wrong. Uh, and his views oh got him gosh. booted. Okay, well, here's the good news. My history check was an at 20, so hey. it's 23. Okay, then I think, <laughs> so I think maybe I know. <laughs> after a little while, you might be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Picking up on it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dodger is, uh, so we have, like, the trope in mind, is a medium. And, yes. like, very much the put on of, like, you know, woo, woo, like, it's all magic, but just, like, uses detect thoughts. And that, yeah, it's that kind of situation. Um, it's a lot of performance and like a little bit of real magic. So I think it's sort of in her professional interest to know what's going on with ghost hunter types. So that, that all tracks. Yeah. For, for my, I guess like we're kind of like showing a little bit more of her characters, but my, my character has a, um, that, that crystal ball looking thing. And inside of it, you do see like, you do see like spirit, like spirits kind of like wafting in inside in and out of the crystal ball, just kind of like looking like they're showing up in there and going away and kind of like, you know, like World of Warcraft graphics where those spirit faces are kind of like, they're not an actual face. They're just like kind of like a a sketch, kind of like a a, a very abstract form of a a ghostly face. And it's kind of like that is what he has. Um, Yeah. So he is, he is also a a spooky variety, but, uh, but not as, as in touch with, the, the realms as everyone else is. Love it. Um, so we're heading into the place called the calling. Is that correct? So the the call, or we headed towards the shop that uh, Dodger was speaking into. Yes, you're heading to the shop, which is in the fog. The calling is like the affluent part of the port. Uh, that's okay. kind of like you know when you first land. This is like what you see, um, and then you know the fog is the underbelly. And oh, so we're going towards the fog. Yes, the shop is deep inside the fog. So you are well in the fog right now. It is a musky, damp place. There are kind of, kind of mildewy, kind of rotten wood smelling. So, uh, it's the smells of industry. And uh, as you are making your way down this these uh, these narrow passageways and these sort of winding cobblestone roads, which are no longer laced with gold filigree. The buildings here are tall and leaning 
it's there's an oppressive air to this place and there is a small very like inconspicuous uh little alley that has a large blackish reddish brownish stain smeared across it that Chris um, what are some of the what's what's one of Derek's ghost hunting tools that that, that would be triggered by uh, paranormal sensations ooh um I think that Derek has Derek didn't do super well in his holy training and so I don't think he has a full grasp on how the magic works but he basically uses uh, this little tin can that's probably more likely powered by magnets in the planet than it is actual magic but uh, he uses that to like detect magic to see if there's like stuff going on so he kind of tries to channel his magic through all these dumbass gadgets that he's either bought (laughs) off of like people who are obviously ripping him off or has tried to hand make Um, so I would say he probably has like a magic detection one that's going right now I'm picturing like a tin can attached to another tin can with a string in between and he's like listening to one and like running the inside on the ground just swinging (laughs) yeah Yeah, for for sure well this is this is definitely and this is definitely got to be a Derek special this is like an invention of his own design (laughs) I'll even spend a detect magic spell slot to make it fair, but yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, no worries on that. For you're not. Uh, this is not going to be a magic detection. This is going to be something spookier. Oh, okay. Ooh. So as you're making your way down these mm. narrow passageways and alleys and whatnot, um, Derek, you, you, your, what, what's the name of this device, by the way? Um, it, they're all proprietary. They don't have names yet. I gotta oh, okay. before I can bring them to market. I gotta be able to like back it up with data. So. Gotcha. So, uh, tin can uh, model three uh, B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ha- it, it starts to it starts to to wave and it starts to move on its own accord towards this unseemingly brownish, blackish, reddish, like streaking splotch at the edge of an alleyway. Oh, uh, oh! Looks like we got something. I'm just holding this thing out awkwardly in front of me, like you do a, a like a compass or something. Looks like we got. There's something. Do you see that right over there? Doesn't look great. I'll, uh, I guess I'll, like, go up to the, the splotchy splotch. As you approach it, as you, uh, as Spintos approaches it, uh, you, there, there's, there's a smell that begins to fill your, your gift nostrils that otherwise, you know, it feels out of place here. It's, it's a, oh. a burnt cedar wood, but intertwined with, like, a decaying, like, leaf smell mm-hmm. and and it's and it's got like an acidic odor to it like an acidic overtone it's it's unpleasant and you feel the temperature begin to drop and almost if you if you blinked you might have missed it there appears in front of you a corpse oh. of a young dwarf is it still there or is it gone it is there okay um i believe i've found someone who has fallen um can we see it as well as you get closer i move my big behind out <laughs> <laughs> as spinto swing that thing out the way uh, <laughs> uh you see this you see this corpse um and it's has uh, again like the temperature drops as you get close to it and you hear like the sound of running 
can we tell where that sound is coming from? Is it down the alley? Looking down the alley, Dodger, you see this same dwarf, although ephemeral and translucent, running towards you. And there is something behind it, something large, something that has an ungainly gait to it as it moves its joints seem out of order. And it is Rome moving closer, lopping, loping through the alleyway. Is it also ephemeral or it is, it is very real and just the dwarf is ephemeral? Excellent question. Let's have the party make a wisdom save. We'll oh no. There. <laughs> yep, that's, that makes sense. 21. Oh no, 14. Six. <laughs> All right, so. Wait, can I give you bardic inspiration? No, you're fine. This is, this is why, you know, this is why normal. This is fine. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't give Michael Bark inspiration, Leah. I'm just saying don't expect it to change the outcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, both Derek, you know, Ghost Hunter, that makes sense. Derek Dodger, uh, you see this and like you're you're ready. Like something something terrible might might be happening. Might be happening already. Might have already happened. Spintos, this is terrifying. Real ghost, a vision, you're not sure, but you are frightened. And this is this is a terrifying experience for you. This creature gets closer and closer and closer, and you can see it is catching up on this young dwarf. And and all of a sudden, the dwarf just stands rigid. Her entire body locks up, and she falls to the ground. This ephemeral shape hitting where the corpse now lies in front of you. Fading into it. Oh, like so feeding into it? We've mm-hmm. just seen a reenactment of this dwarf's death. I, I, because I'm scared and I don't know what's going on, I get out a blicky, like an actual gun. <laughs> and I shoot, I shoot where I thought was the thing, but obviously it's going to hit the corpse. <laughs> the bang resonates, echoing across the chambers of this, uh, of this under, of this undercity. Uh, and uh, look, at the st- you have the street. There is no one on the street except for the mm-hmm. three of you and this creature that now turns to face you. You can see through it, mm-hmm. but that somehow does not give you much comfort. For although, as, as a Dodger has correctly surmised, you've seen a vision of what has, com- what has happened, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's over quite yet. Roll for initiative. Oh, no. Oh, oh shit. God. It's real. <laughs> real. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Uh, 13. No, 12. 12. Uh, 15. 2. I'm realizing I chose my spells thinking like uh, convincing people of things and looking for things. No, <laughs> Not so much for we combat. We don't to convince this thing. Come on, it's Mary it's fine. Don't, Yeah, don't tell yourself short. I'll, I'll talk it down. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is the barred way. All right. Uh... Spintos, perhaps your heightened your heightened sense of self-preservation has uh, has kicked in here. You have the frightened condition, uh, so you cannot willingly move closer to your target, and you have disadvantage as long as uh, disadvantage on attack rolls as long as the uh, source of your fear is within sight, which it most certainly is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is you it right in front, right, right in front of me. Like if I take a step back, I'm gonna get hit. Oh no, it's not right, right in front. We'll say it's like right. we'll say it's like 15, 20 feet away from the party. 
Okay. Good question. So, funny you say uh, I'm frightened. I'm going to use my bonus action to do form a dread transform. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So, uh, basically, you're going to see like me being scared, and the scaredness is going to shift into like my face into like this form of shock and horror. But then, like, it flashes for a second, and then you're going to see just like my mouth being open and like kind of like the hippo kind of teeth like be decaying and decrepit and also like these like maybe like sea urchins and slugs and stuff like just start looking like they're pouring out of my mouth oh my god i'm looking i'm looking scary i'm looking <gasps> i'm creeped yeah, out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. um so bonus action manifest the aspect of your pit- patron's death a dread hmm. for a minute i get to gain 1d10 plus 4 hp all right uh, w- once per turn i if i hit a creature um i i can force it to make a wisdom saving throw or fail to be frightened of me and i'm also immune to the fright condition so ah there you well shake done. off that fear Love you are it. fear game recognize the game nice. <laughs> <laughs> i still got the blicky on me too <laughs> <laughs> It was a terrible, horrific monster <laughs> slugs from its mouth, and it had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that'll happen. I'm trying to figure out if I should use... You know, I have it in my hand. I'm just going to use it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm going to shoot this thing with a pistol. Um, yeah. I didn't even talk to you before this game to ask if pistols are allowed, but I am a gift, so I'm like... Gifts got blickies. Yeah. That's what they. I yeah. mean, look, this is canon. Stephen will just have to deal with repercussions of the choices you make. I'm fine with this. <laughs> there's not. There's not a bunch of them running around. I'm like, oh no, know, no, no. This is this is a unique weapon. Um, yeah, I'm gonna roll to. All right, so 17 to hit. 17 um, does hit. Okay, Stephen's Steve, gonna be like, I leave for one day, and there's a gun in my throat. <laughs> yeah, with Glocks and shit. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, you said you were around like a spooky campaign. What was this? This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's listening to this right now, editing it with his head in his hands. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> Oh gosh, uh, seven points of I would have believed it would be piercing damage. Yes, yeah, piercing yeah, damage from a blicky. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's uh-huh. that's in Dungeon Master's Guide. So uh, one of yeah. the uh, appendices <laughs> in the back of the bookie table. So uh-huh. yeah, seven points of piercing damage. Uh, the shot rings out, resonating off of the walls here in the lower city uh, in the fog. This bullet uh, pierces through this creature, like tearing a hole out of it, mm-hmm. but it's just shadowy wisps. Okay. Does the creature react? Uh, it, it. Good question. Um, it flinches as this shot tears through its ephemeral body and it lowers its head you see its eyes its eyes are like a glowing orange haze and they begin to like burn with intensity as the shot rips through its body all right um i'm gonna make it do a wisdom saving throw but i doubt it'll work so uh, dc 14 dc 14 wisdom save uh and this is a for is a fear effect it's for uh frightened Right. Uh, it has no effect on the creature. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Game recognized game. <laughs> um, I'm going to 
What is the, like, okay, so if I look at my companions, what is their uh, statures looking like as far as, like, resiliency? Like, do they look like they can take hits, or they look more like not so much? For their for their humanoid form, like, whatever form they are. Because obviously, like, I look big and thick and, like, yes, but, like, other people could be also resolute, but not be big and thick. Uh, armor class is quite low on... Uh on Dodger, you can tell she's more of a runaway hide type of person than a mm-hmm. get hit a lot person. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek is wearing um, like studded leather armor um, mm. and doesn't look frightened, but you don't think that's necessarily because he's going to survive getting his teeth knocked out. I think he's more <laughs> excited than he is scared in this moment. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of stay where I'm at. I am because as the one of the only people in the in this this one shot who shops at the tall and thick store that they have in this world um i'll just be in front <laughs> all right <clears throat> the apparition recognizes you for what you are and you have its full attention spindos uh it begins to it begins to move towards you its feet not touching the ground and it moves with a quickness that doesn't line up with the movement of its body uh, it just basically just runs right through you and you feel a chill through your bones. What is Spintos' armor class? Uh, it is 12. 12. I, I appreciate that all of us compare notes ahead of time. We're like, it's Faith Forge, so we're going to have Faith Forge armor class. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in our main campaign, I don't think anyone has an AC above like. 14. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. We're like, with what I know. We're like, we're like 12 group. level yeah, characters. Yeah, we're like, eh. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> extremely beefy. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this, this, uh, this withering uh, touch uh, uh, hits, hits Spintos uh, for 14 points of necrotic damage. <sighs> okay. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Now, now in this form, in, the, in this uh, in this this patron form of yours, do you have any kind of resistance to necrotic? I don't believe so. All right, then we'll take the full hit on that. Mm-hmm. All right, Dodger, it is your turn. I was just trying to see if I could do anything as a reaction to help, but it doesn't look like it. <laughs> the creature is now in between the three of you. It passed mm-hmm. through Spintos and is now in between the three of you. And, and you, you get a look at this creature like, up front, it's just like a mess of just like fur and horns and claws. Uh, it's constantly shifting. It's hard to even make out what it is you're really fighting against, especially as you can see right through it. Okay. So just in theory, if I were to cast something that created a 10-foot radius sphere around the creature, would that hit Derek and Spentos? Mm, let's say no. Great. Then I will take a DC 14 con save from the creature, please. Uh, it, f- it fails. Great. So Dodger just kind of points and a sphere of like crackling thunder just like explodes in the middle of the creature and she's casting shatter. Boom. Uh, and this party's so loud. Bang, bang. I know, right? <laughs> Super subtle. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's... <laughs> We're going to subtle this. party. We walk like a block past these guards and all of a sudden... Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and the guards are just like, it's the fog. What happens to the fog stays the fog. 
fine. Uh, so that's uh, 17 thunder damage. 17 thunder damage. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I rolled a five and a four and an eight, so that's great. Brilliant. Um, I love it. I think that's right. My math is not uh, my best uh, topic in my head. Um, and then I'm going to look over at Spentos, who just got rocked, and just say, like, hey, buck up. Come on. You got to stay in this and give you bardic inspiration. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want to back up a little bit, maybe like 10 feet, just so I'm not near to the creature. When I say thank you, you do see the spooky, spooky face. I go, oh, and back up. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do I have to save against being frightened or is it just, okay, great. No, it's people who I select, I believe, or have to hit, something like that. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Derek, it is your turn. Okay, um, uh, against all reason, Derek is like... All right, buddy, let's calm down. I'm going to start to approach it. Uh, I'm not going to get too close. I don't want to, I don't know if it has like reach or not, but I'm going to stay like 10 feet back. So I'll inch a little bit forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I'm just going to say, all right, now this could be easy if you want it to be easy, or this could be difficult if you want it to be difficult, but you just let me know. I'm going to raise a hand and cast spiritual weapon behind the creature. (laughs) Are you trying to wrangle this ghost? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> now, when when a Dodger cast that uh, that shatter spell, I mean, it just tore right through this creature. It's still ephemeral, but its its uh, stability is starting to waver. Right, it's starting to like kind of like phase in and out. And as you as you say these words to it, as as Derek says these words to it. It just snarls and begins to just like gnash at you with big sharp teeth. That's all right. That's all right. I, you know what? I don't like being woken up in the morning either. Um, but can I? Um, <clears throat> I want. I don't want the spiritual weapon to attack just yet. Um, that's my bonus action. And with my mm-hmm. action, I would really love to um, either do some kind of arcana religion insight like i would like to maybe Mm. understand what this thing is a little bit better before we tear it to shreds in case we need we need it all right um you know i've recently adopted a policy as a dm that i'm only going to have y'all roll a dice when it's interesting and in either direction so if success is interesting and failure is interesting roll the dice and in this case i don't think failure is very interesting because i love that question so i'm just going to say no roll required uh this creature like again pro ghost hunter here right you know this mm-hmm. this creature that you're facing against this is not th- this apparition is not the ghost of the beast that you are seeking this is a ghost tied to the ghost of the dwarf's corpse that lies before you when this woman died when this woman died her ghostly apparition created this memory it's a mem. So do I think it's not even a real ghost? I think it's just a memory. I mean, it had an effect on us, so I can't say that. It, like, yeah, it's definitely it. a real ghost, but it's not the ghost of the beast. Okay. This is okay. the ghost, right? This whole the ghost of the the dwarf who died. This is essentially like this this memory. This what you're fighting against is part of that ghost. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then I w- it would be safe to assume then that Derek thinks it's okay to destroy this thing and keep pursuing the beast we're actually looking for. 
Yes. What you what you are fighting against right now is not the beast that you're looking it's for. It's a red herring. Okay. Um, uh, I think as Derek like pauses, kind of uh, takes a look at the situation, trying not to like have big like anime star eyes at Dodger for that radical spell that she just cast. Um, I think. Um, then as my action, uh, Derek is going to, um, I think she's probably better at magic than me and she's prettier than me too. So I think what I'm going to do is, uh, help her out. Uh, I will allow the spiritual weapon to attack, but as my action at the same time, um, I kind of instinctively clutch whatever is hidden beneath my clothing. Um, and there is this like split second of absolute pure impenetrable silence um, and there amongst the fog you start to see uh, like the little like little twinkles of starlight almost and this sort of darkened aura comes from Derek's person and spreads out 30 feet um, in all directions and I'm going to cast my twilight sanctuary so that we are all immune to the fear effect Mm, nice. Um, and it moves with me for one minute. So I'm going to grant that bonus to Dodger first, just in case, because I know that she's going to interact with it before me. Um, and then Spiritual Weapon will do whatever it's got to do, which is 1d8. Wait, I got to roll to attack. I'm sorry. Um, that's a 24 to hit. That'll hit. Um, so that's eight points of force damage. Describe how this spiritual weapon just knocks this ghost out of the memory slot that it was occupying, because it's out. Um, I think that it is not as much a weapon as it is a jar. <laughs> and I think this jar is trying to forcefully scoop this Ooh. ghost up. Um, and so I think the weapon um, like knocks it out by... By disabling it, and it, there's mm-hmm. just this weird energy trapped in this ephemeral spiritual jar. I love it. I love it. Yep. And you've got it. You got the, you got your cork out, and it's like <laughs> silence. That's great. All right. Breaking initiative. How long does bardic inspiration last? Oh, ten minutes. Ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So you can keep that for ten minutes. And also, I realized I've never played this class before, but uh, when I use Bardic Inspiration, a little sparkly moat of potential circles around your head and uh, Mm. there's different things that will happen depending on how you spend it, if you choose to spend it. Ooh! Ooh. That's fun. As you capture this ghost and Spintos has uh, a moat of inspiration over his uh, head that is also like dripping leeches, uh, mm-hmm. We love the, a good juxtaposition. It's good. The corpse in front of you stands up. Oh, it sorry. Turns, it turns to face you, and you see there are wounds on its chest, and its eyes are gone. One fresh wound I put there, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry, there are wounds on its chest, and uh, yeah, there's like an exit wound on its shoulder, but that's you know, well, we know where that came from. We did right. see that one happen. Right. And it begins to walk away from the group. Into the alley? Oh, no. Wait, ma'am. No. Hey, we, we actually got some questions for you. Could we? I'm going to just turns, start trotting after. 
Yeah, it turns and it motions you to follow. Oh, I would like to cast detect thoughts and see if I can hear anything coming from the. It is the corpse and not the like ghostly apparition that we're following. Yeah. From what you can tell, this is a corporeal corpse. Gross. Uh, and I'll just also say like, I'm sorry, I harmed you. <laughs> Shrugs. <laughs> Any thoughts coming from it? None. None. Cool. It leads you into an alleyway and points to what looks just like a pile of trash, like a pile of refuse. Uh, do we supposed to clean? Uh, I'll just start digging through it. I love trash, so you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, while they're digging through that, I'm actually going to spend time to cast Find Familiar because I just have not done. Fair enough. Uh, what, what kind of familiar uh, is uh, Spento summoning? Pseudo dragon, I believe, is what it is. Nice, nice, nice. And you know, for I, I summon it during that time where I still have that like weird-looking thing, so it looks like it's gonna, just gonna come out of a sea urchin that's rotting, just like <laughs> <laughs> just just come out and just like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm petting it. I'm petting it, and then the the frightened form just goes away. I shifted looking. Ooh, there we go. Um, while that's happening, and so let's see. Let me figure this. So Spintos is uh, summoning a familiar from a, a horrific searchin slash zit. Uh, Derek's digging through the trash. What's Dodger doing? <laughs> um, I'm gonna help Derek, but uh, very clearly, like, not touching trash. Like, she's mm. just sort of standing over Derek as he, you know, sorts things, mm-hmm. and just sort of pointing things out, and, you know, oh, oh well, like, look, look, at, look, there's something shiny there, maybe, and just, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. directing. Not, very yeah. much not touching trash. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're both wearing vests, only one of you's doing the work, I got it. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? We'll go ahead and say, uh, your character, Dodger, like you see it first. There's like a glint of of silver um, that you, you spy in the trash there. Uh, and Derek, you're able to easily fish it out. It is a very unusually shaped alchemical vial. Hmm. Huh. The silver markings on it are a label along the side of it. It reads very clearly... Silver vein aromatics. Well, this is familiar. Could I tell by looking at it what is in it? Is it empty? Or the uh, stopper is gone. It is empty. Can I give it a sniff and see if I can identify what might have been in it? Hmm. I am very interested to find out if your character will be able to do that. What, I what have sort proficiency of... with alchemist supplies? <laughs> Done. Wow. Oh my god, I love it. Wow. So you're definitely gonna get. I know, right? Yeah, you're like my skill monkey's here to rock. Okay, uh, let's do a alchemist tools check. That's gonna be an intelligence check with proficiency because you're proficient in alchemist tools. Cool. So just int and proficiency is mm-hmm. the idea. Okay. Cool. So that's a twelve plus four, sixteen. A sixteen. All right. Uh, yeah, you are able to like sense. Okay, hmm, okay, moonshade petals. Yes, dragon tears. That's extremely rare and kind of upsetting because there's only one way you can get dragon tears. And shadow root found from ancient tombs. 
all three of these moonshade petals are kind of like that's the moonshade petals, that's like the it's like the cumin of the alchemist world you know you just, you just, you just throw some in there because why not uh <laughs> but the dragon tears and the shadow root you're like that's discerning like there's uh, this is typically found in either like these are ingredients that are either found in like poisons uh, for making, uh, you know, that they're both like ingredients that are used for uh, some of like the more atrocious creations of undead. Uh, they're even used uh, for some like mind control capabilities like th- these are these are like off label black market ingredients. So there is there is something very unsettling with the identification of these ingredients. And would I know, based on that new knowledge, would I know whether Silvervane is known for being black market? Like I, or would it, would this be an unusual thing to find there? So I didn't think to mention it earlier, but Leah, you had asked to be the daughter of Mm -hmm. the murder victim. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, that would be Silvervane. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to say that for whatever reason, you've decided to hide this information from the party. But yeah. yeah, you know that Eldar's into some shady fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that tracks. Um, so this is, well, this was uh, pretty sketchy stuff. Some pretty black market type poison mind control shit. And uh, I guess I'll just... I should probably tell you, um, Eldar Silvervane is, was my father, but we estranged. We were not close, didn't like what he was into, you know, case in point. Um, so, you know, not really upset over his whole untimely demise, but um, this really isn't out of the ordinary for something that he would have, so... Maybe we should take a peek inside. Is the corpse still there? As you turn to look for the corpse, it is gone. Great. Great. Uh, May I ask to be annoying here, DM? Mm -hmm. Uh, I did take the observant feat. My passive perception is 21. Oh my God. Um, Would I have at least caught whether or not it just disappeared or it left and went somewhere else? Good question. Uh, yeah, with a passive perception of 21, uh, that is uh, this corpse, right? And especially with your ghost hunting training. Um, this corpse is this corpse, the memory that you saw, the apparition that you fought against, classic signs. This is a haunting. Oh. A haunting is a collection sometimes of. Uh, sights, sounds, perceptions, sometimes feeling very, very real. And in some cases, they are quite real. But there are ghosts here. Whatever is causing these deaths to happen, these are not normal deaths. Okay. And might be might be in for finding more of them if you continue down this path. To answer your question directly as to whether it wandered off or just disappeared... Uh, it has it has disappeared. It okay. just sort of faded away. Okay. Uh, yeah, Derek's gonna stand up, covered in trash, uh, now smelling much more like uh, the environment around us, and uh, just gonna dust my hands off. Well, 
Uh, we got ourselves a grade A haunt in here, so uh, I think we should just press on and see if we can find any more of these fellas. I think that is a great soundbite for us to end on for this episode. And we will uh, see what happens next week as the investigation of the Slain Apothecary continues. Ooh. Ooh.